I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every Hey everyone, Kristen Sinanta Walker here. And you know, I did a little poking around. Uh, I was giving iTunes reviews to some of our other podcasters just to kind of get them started on their journey. And I looked at, I never look at my own show. If whether you believe that or not listeners, I don't look at like what was the most popular show and that kind of thing. Cause I'm just busy doing shows, but I went and looked and the best of podcasts always show up on iTunes. And that I never thought anyone would surpass Christine Louis de Cannonville, but someone has. And that was with one show with our next guest, Jamie Grace, where we talked about narcissistic mothers. So Jamie, I'm so glad that you agreed to come back on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. And thank you for having me on the show again. Absolutely. And you're in Portugal, correct? Yep. 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 A place I will likely visit now that I know someone that lives there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll, You'll be, be like, very no, welcome. no, don't show up, Kristen. You're fine on the phone. You will be very welcome. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the t- timing of all this stuff is fascinating to me. So when you and I did our show, it was, it was a, about this time. It was, well, it was in December. Um, and we're recording yeah, this now. A year ago, something. Yeah, it's just about a year ago from t- the today's date. And I'm in such a different place than I was then. I was in a massive amount of pain at the time that I did our show. And it's funny because those are obviously really vulnerable to do and to expose. And the first oh, yeah. time I had really talked about my own mother and yeah. feeling like, oh, my God, I've talked about how great she is on shows. Now I'm going to be this. Uh, you know, doing, saying this about my own mother, but, and I, I was really worried about negative feedback mm, and yeah. I have received nothing but positive mm. feedback about that show. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, a right. re- reiteration that part of why we do this is to help others with what we've been through. If we can, not because we've figured it all out just because we're on the journey. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you, we, we definitely have some listeners of my show and people that follow you that have come in with questions. I know a couple of them, um, but I wanted to ask you, where are you at now? And I know that's a big question, but in terms of like your daily emotional um, mm. well-being, and first I wanted to say this, 
you know the journey of the discovering this, especially when it's one of your parents. It's 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 a suicidal ideation journey. Um, at least part of it was for me. So when you would tell me all these self care things that you do every day, you know, in the shower or meditating, I I was in. I had so little room to handle anything other than the pain that I was like, that seemed like you were telling me you were climbing Mount Everest every day (laughs) just to practice some (laughs) self-care. So anyway, back to the question, where are you at with this, you know, with your own mom and and how that fits into your life during the holidays and all that? Oh, uh, it's like um, once you've been through a childhood, uh, with uh, a narcissistic parent, in in my case, uh, it's it's my mother. Um, so that will never leave you. It's it's yeah. uh, it's our past. It's it's there. But the way to deal with that past that can change. And the more you go into so to speak, rewrite your own story, mm-hmm. you also begin to change yourself. Because so you, you, begin, you begin to you... have a different, ang- uh, you know, different angles, different mm-hmm. uh, emotions that you didn't have uh, at that time, uh, a different uh, perception of what went on. Yes, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, and special because of, um, you know, if, you know, all the people that are, are listening and been through, uh, you know, narcissistic hell, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> that scorched earth like you've never seen, yeah. They know about gaslighting. And gaslighting is terrible. Yeah. Because it's uh, it's mind control. So it's like... Uh, our our mind when we are very young can be really uh, shaped and manipulated by by the narcissist. Uh, I remember I remember one time when I was very young, still, uh, you know, questioned myself about uh, what is real. Yes, you know because. Uh, if my mother didn't like uh, certain situations or things that happen, you know, like any good narcissist, uh, they just change <laughs> the facts. The facts are just kind of, you know, kind of a, um, uh, how do you, do you have that kind of, uh, we have uh, in Europe, it's different. Um, in the What's state, it called in Europe? Play, Play-Doh. Uh, it's a kind of... That oh, kind Play-Doh. Of, okay. You know, you just mold, you know, the something way you different. want things. To, yeah, something different. So yep. when when you are very young and uh, you are trying to make sense of the world and uh, of yourself and, you know, how things uh, work, but when you are enmeshed uh, in a narcissistic relationship and you cannot live because... Come on, you, you are five uh, years old. So you can you can do anything. Uh, so 
you know, you begin to have this kind of uh, alter realities that, yes. uh, you know. You, and that can you, mirror narcissistic fantasy land. It yeah. really, because you have to live, if you don't live in their fantasy land with them, you oh, are yeah. so punished. Oh, yeah. You are in a world of hurt. Yeah. And so I yeah. have, I have narcissistic years where I was extremely narcissistic, but fighting it constantly because I don't have a personality disorder, but definitely high narcissistic traits because who oh, yeah. the hell raised me? And I had to live in this fantasy land first in order to cope with yeah. life, period. Yeah. And second, in order to deal with the cuckoo, kachoo, crazy going on all the time, the shifting sands of reality all the time. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, just coming, you know, when you begin to rewrite your own story, you begin to... Uh, take into account the, those perspectives that are different from the normal, um, acceptable, uh, rational of your family. Right. So in a way, you become the the you know the the black sheep because you see things differently. Yeah. Or you're just like crazy, or. Or you get into drugs, you get oh, into yeah, toxic yeah, yeah. relationships. All, all, all you... sorts of coping mechanisms uh, with that kind of stuff. So um, Yeah, and, you, and years of your life. Let me ask you this. How, how old were you? Like, I, I have this wonderful therapist. I can't, I really hate it when I hear people go on. I know people have had horrible experiences with therapists. Believe me, I've had some... Mm personality disorder therapist. I, I know what that's all about. It was horrifying, but I also have incredible therapists plus the podcasters on this network that know what this type of abuse is too. So not all therapists are bad and I can't stand it when people mm. say all therapists don't know what they're doing. That is just not true. Yeah. So I know, I remember my therapist said to me earlier this year, she was sort of doing a timeline of how things came to be where I woke up and she said, so what do you think it was that made you finally wake up? And I wanted to ask you that question because it took the waking up comes over time and they're constantly pulling you back away from waking up because they can smell your, your, you know, wanting to defect. Right. So when you finally do actually wake up, it's a big painful, but ultimately liberating experience. But it took me until I was 48 years old or 40, seven no 48 wow. years old to finally sure. no i'm sorry 47 years old and i'm 48 now to finally like really wake up so how old were you when you had that yeah it, it's it's really difficult to answer that um because it, it, i don't see kind of a a point in time but it's kind of a it's kind of a process that begins to grow okay and I, I, I think um, I'm, I'm still learning, I, and I'll, I'll still, you know, if we're gonna have this talk uh, next next year, <laughs> I probably come up with different stuff. Ooh, yeah, I think we should do annual shows. Yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. it's 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 kind of a, it 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 doesn't stop. But I, I can tell you one thing, uh, and this. Well, at least it's my experience, and well, also some some clients of mine. Um, and also reminds me that um, I think it's the 
the first movie of the Matrix. Um, mm. uh, I, 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 I'm, I don't know if I'm telling this correctly, but I think it was Morpheus talking with Neo and or Trinity to Neo um, and he said, you know, you always had all your life, you had this kind of a uncomfortable kind of a feeling inside of you that something mm -hmm. is not right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that kind of a feeling that uh, emerges from uh, gaslighting because you are between worlds, you know, the worlds yeah. that come with words. Uh, it's the official narrative of your family or the, the narcissistic parent. And what you just experience in life, you know, the, the real facts, you know, the it's hot, it's cold, it's uh, bright, it's, it's dark or and but the narrative can say a completely different thing. Yeah. And so. But isn't there get, a moment, though, that you knew my mom is a narcissist? A cognitive dissonance. Uh, yeah. What about that moment, though, where you there is a moment I've. I mean, maybe it was just my experience, but I, I finally was able to go, oh my God, this is who she is. And, and it wasn't like the heavens flooded in and now I'm basked in light. It was, it was more like, oh my God, I don't want to live. So, but I did have that moment where I crossed a threshold. It wasn't, yeah, I wasn't yeah, in yeah. cognitive dissonance anymore. I was now on the other yeah. side repairing the cognitive dissonance because I was awake so how did that happen for you because you know you have to get to a certain space where you can say yes my mother is a yeah you know as i said um I it was don't, different for you yeah i cannot pinpoint it's it began to you know it's it's like imagine a, a detective that is um you know has a, a case to solve and mm -hmm. he begins to mount evidence and evidence and and mm -hmm. And the more he gathers uh, information and facts, it begins to get a, a, a real kind of a solid picture of what happened and who was the culprit of the, of the problem. Uh, right. So it, it was more, uh, in, uh, yeah, it was more in this direction for me. You know, mm -hmm. one of my traits, it's, you know, I, I always been very curious about stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always want to poke my nose in things that I, I shouldn't be doing. So, but uh, but sometimes th that gives a kind of uh, a leverage to approach uh, stuff that um, I didn't know or uh, um, uh, I was not comfortable with. So, uh, yeah, hmm. more than courage, uh, curiosity took me to to discover things. I I and I. I... I'm right there with you. I mean, the whole reason for even doing what I do with these podcasts is because I was just voraciously curious and it was to discover um, more about myself and the world and other people. And uh, upon that journey of discovery, I finally had all the tools from doing all these interviews yeah. um, to realize Oh my God, the one I've been looking for, the vampire Lestat, the original one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, ah, oh, okay, now I know where the source is. Um, and, you know, we can laugh yeah. about it because we've been through it, but it's not a laughing matter for sure. Um, but, 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 you know, I, I didn't answer your full question, you know, uh, at, 
my actual moment in time, it's like um, um, okay. Well, let's imagine that um, a relationship with a narcissist is like a, a card game, or yes. um, and um, now I I know in advance uh, all the moves from my opponent, so to speak. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's kind of, a, I'm, in general, I'm not, I'm not caught up uh, in kind of, a, oh, I didn't expect this. Or, um, right. you know, uh, now it's, uh, I feel really kind of a comfortable. Um, I don't have to do anything. Uh, I just know the moves. All the, uh, so it's, I cannot, it's not, you know, it's nothing's uh, a surprise like, anymore. You're not in cognitive dissonance because you are in reality. These are yeah. move, moves being made. Imagine, imagine that you play poker, and I'm a very uh, uh, well, well, a, a very good poker player. So, doesn't mean I always win, but I, I can uh, anticipate the moves. So um, I'm really kind of comfortable with it. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, I, I finally can say this, you know, it's kind of a, um, I can, I can go um, and pay a visit to her and be with her, but um, it's like, uh, I'm no longer contaminated by, by the, uh, by the environment. Interesting. How? I always want this in like longevity, but I don't want to put that one on you again. Um, on what? Was there a certain marker or something that happened where you, f where you figured out that you could be around her after, did you have a period where you weren't around her for a while? No, it's, it's well, um, I think like uh, any person that went through um, narcissistic abuse, y you have to be really mindful and aware of um, how much time you you want to to give to to that relationship. Yeah. And if that it's the right moment, if that uh, is serving you, it's uh, it's healthy or not. So. Um, you you have really to be aware. Um, that that's another interesting thing. Um, uh, you know, it's please don't don't take me like uh, you know I solve all the problems. No, I'm. I'm <laughs> You're figuring uh, I'm, it out. Yeah. You sure. know, I'm. Sometimes I I I, I still. You know, begin to discover stuff in in myself that uh, I, I didn't know it, it was there, and uh, and the impact and the connections with other stuff in my life. So, it's it's not about that. Yeah, but um, one thing that um, really made the difference is, um, you know, to be aware, um, to be mindful about my boundaries. Hmm. So it, it's. You know, any living organism needs a, a membrane to exist. No virus or cell uh, can exist per se without 
you know, that membrane around. Mm -hmm. So the membrane, it's kind of, uh, without that membrane, there's no life. It's just, you know, uh, uh, chemical compounds uh, around. So we have that kind of barrier in terms of biology, but it's more difficult for people to understand that we can also have that on an emotional level right and on um a psychological level you know uh, so when you begin to uh, to use that you know to you know the boundaries as a kind of a real thing you know it's kind of a filter uh, not only physical, emotional, psychological. He, so you begin to better control what comes in in your life and what goes out in your life. Right. And but to be in that space, it's also it's almost like um, you know meditation. Meditation in the sense of you are aware, you pay attention. Yeah. Of what's yeah. happening, so you're not caught up in the in, in uh, defending from the narcissist, or you know, or attacking, mm-hmm. or making your point. You don't need to do that. You you just you're just there. You're just observing. And and coming from the boundaries, there are also two other aspects that are really important. You know, the capacity of saying no when you really mean it. That's a really kind of a solid, very strong uh, way of uh, setting barriers. And, and, And the other one is, you know, you don't, you don't need to act. That is, that's been huge for me. I mean, just recently, okay, and, and these are all tests, and sometimes I feel weird when I say, oh, yet another, you know, really narcissistic person came in, because people that are still in it judge you for that, and people that are even out of it judge you for that. They're like, oh, you keep attracting narcissists, You're there's something wrong with you, and I'm like, can we abolish that nonsense? They're, they live and breathe everywhere. They are going, look at who is running the United States of America. Like you can't get away from these people. So they're going to come in. I don't care how evolved you are and how much work you've done. They're going to come in. That's just because they walk around. So it's not about, oh, I don't have any in my life. It's how much blood do they take, if any, and how quickly do you enact your boundaries, figure it out and move them to safer distance or complete distance. So I had one come in and she started telling me all these things that I'm doing wrong and whatever. And the the wonderful part of that, I'm so glad it happened. And it happened for a reason. And I look at this stuff spiritually too, but it happened for a reason. And it was to be a benchmark for me to see Look at you, Kristen. This person did not in any way shake your foundation about yourself. She yeah. told you you were crap, that you don't know what you're doing, that you can't do anything without her, and you and you never once believed that. What a what progress. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I did what you said. I just stopped communicating. And she went away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you don't feed them anything. Yeah, you don't feed them and the relationship changes. Mm-hmm. And they may but crash it, it about works. for a it bit. It works. It works. It but, does. But, you, you know, you are touching in a, a point that is, um, well, it's important and it's also dear to me. It's one of the first steps people begin to become aware of being, you know, uh, I was abused, you know, you know, I, I, I went through suffering and stuff, you know, and th that's good because uh, with the gaslighting, sometimes you've been through hell and you have no um, idea that you were abu abused. Right. That, that thing is not normal <laughs> because th there was no other, um, uh, you know, uh, other people that showed you a different way of behave, a different way of loving. So you're stuck with the, the template that comes from the, the family you were born with. And if that family has to, has some narcissistic uh, parent, you know, the narcissistic behaviors become normal. Yes. And they are not normal. In, in a way that, you know, uh, when I'm using normal in, in the way that, you know, takes in, into account people, their well-being, uh, their needs to be loved, to be um, cared for, to be hold, you know, all that stuff, you know, uh, it's what I'm trying. So when, when a, a child goes or live with another family that, you know, that uh, don't use unconditional love, uh, they, they, you know, the, the child begins to, well, oh, yeah. this house is different. You know, uh, they, 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 they relate differently. They don't do this or say that or abuse each other or there's no judgments and, you know, so, but in general, that role is, is played by the therapist. Right. Because you, you, you grow up and you begin to have, um, you know, oh, this relationship did work and that did work. Oh, maybe something, you know, it's not, I have to talk with someone. Um, and then if you, if you have the chance to, to, to have a good therapist, a person that can really connect with you and support your process, uh, yeah, you, you begin to to bloom over, you know, the ashes of uh, what happened yeah. in childhood. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And therapists, I mean, the thing that you have to realize too is that, that that's where the training is so important, that clinical training, because I know, I know that my therapist, I mean, all of my friends are therapists and all I talk to all day long are people that are in our therapists pretty much. So like, I know, I know that she's sitting there and she's mirroring good mothering skills to me and she's yeah, doing yeah. that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that she would behave differently with a client that needs something different than I do. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it doesn't take away from the experience of it um, being wonderful, even though I know that that's what she's doing. It's like, I, I know that I'm in the matrix with her, but it's from a very kind perspective. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, 
You know, but there's another angle of what I was saying, because so in one point in time, uh, you begin to realize that you were a victim. Mm -hmm. So you begin to, in a way, wake, wake up to that nightmare that was, you know, um, your childhood uh, uh, at some level. But there's a caveat there. Some people get really comfortable with the role of victim. Yes, Sorry to say right. that. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's, it's just a stepping stone on the process. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really difficult because, um, well, if you are, if you create your identity around being a victim, you, you have some paybacks, you know, people treat you well, you know, people, oh, you know, oh, God, you know, uh, you, you yes, really, this, da, 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 da. So you have all that attention, all that caring, which, which is good, you know, because you really need it, because the person, it's starving for uh, affection and love and caring. And, but then you have, you know, this is, is really tough to do. It's about overcoming the victim identity. Yeah. And, and that learned that, helplessness that comes with that or exactly, can't come that, with it. That's, that's the, the moving forward in, into the process. So you begin to perhaps feeling all those terrible feelings that were suppressed when you were young. And oh, then, yeah. you know, lots of things come up and, you know, some people say, oh, God, um, I went to therapy, but I'm, I'm, I feel worse. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's part good. of the journey. Exactly. No, sorry. That's good, because for the first time, that person is feeling again. Right. Yeah, the, the thing I noticed for me, I've never lived alone. I've always been somebody that has other people attaching themselves to me. And I and I'm not saying this from a victim standpoint. This is just reality. So I've always had employees, or I've always had, you know, I've run a company, or in my marriage I was the breadwinner. Um, my mother was constantly attaching herself to me. So I've always had people that were like attachments onto me, trying to get me mm. to stay taking care of them emotionally in one way or another. And this is and that. I had no safe space. There was no place other than when I was a kid and I would go hang out with my neighbors that were yeah. great and whatever that I could get away from that. They wanted nothing from me other than just my presence, right? And um, and then I go into adulthood, same thing everywhere I go. And of course I'm creating this now. This is not anybody else's fault. This is me creating this life because this is what I know. And then, you know, this last year, living in my own space that's just for me and the only emotions that overtake this house are mine. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's freedom in that. And then there's also like, wow, there's a lot of stuff that I just did not allow myself to feel because I couldn't. You and said... You said a, a wonderful thing there. It's kind of, uh, these emotions are mine. You know, the ownership of our experience, it's paramount. 
Yeah. It's one of the things the narcissists uh, aim to take from us is he, he, your experience is not yours. It's what I, it's what I tell you it yes. is. Yep. So this is kind of, um, this goes to a point that you were talking uh, just some minutes ago. It's about, you know, the connection between uh, narcissism and spirituality because the narcissist attack is attack to the self. Yes, to your soul, to your spirit. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's about creating a void there. Yep. Because That's it's the it's same. So deeply because painful. It's, because it's the same void that is, exists in the narcissist. Right. So if I create someone with the same void, in a way I can relate to that person, even if I use that person. I don't know if this makes sense saying in this way, but no, it totally does. It it totally does. That's exactly what they do. And I think, you know, you can correct me if I'm not saying it right, but I think that a testament to um, me always just hanging on by my fingernails to a yeah, sense yeah. of my own identity exactly. was what was so attractive yeah. to people that are incapable of creating their own identity. So they were like moths to a flame, meaning I was yeah. the flame. And that also fed my own narcissism because then I could be this rescuer and this martyr and whatever. I mean, it was the cyclical thing and I had to, look at my own into my own abyss and go okay do you want to be that way because yeah. that's not a road to happiness either i yes i had a leg up and then i always had a sense of my own self i wasn't deriving it from other people ever but i still was feeding my own narcissism by having so many people around that relied on their self through me you know one question uh, people can uh to put that in practice, uh, can ask themselves is, what does motivate me? W or in another way, um, what is absolutely crucial for me that I couldn't live without? But it's not in terms of exterior, it's interior. It's a what? It's freedom, it's love, it's uh, respect, it's... So, in the because uh, i'm talking about this because this is important for the the boundaries because the boundaries divide but divide between this and that right and what you are you need to know what you are because that chance was not given to you yeah. in the relationship with the narcissist and it's it's easier and I don't say easier in terms of that it's better or you had it easier. It's painful no matter what. It's just a little bit easier if you did have at least one healthy parent who yeah. modeled or an uncle or an heir, yeah. whoever yeah. that modeled yeah. healthy behavior for you because then you have an example. Um, yeah. Some of us, like I didn't have it from either parent. Um, 
And so I was always looking at other people to see how they behaved, but I wasn't looking at them to um, fill my soul. I was always doing that myself, but constantly, if you're a big energy generator, soul sucking people, you, you know, you're a target until you learn how to be a big energy generator with that membrane in place. Like you talked about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's like, um, you know, our energy is uh, finite. So we, we need to um, come to terms with, uh, I'm just going to use this energy uh, now in this place or this person mm -hmm. or, so you need to uh, begin to manage yourself, you know, become aware um, of who you were, because this, uh, this idea of going forward, forward in this path, it, it's also um, a path of reflection because you really need to to dig. Yeah, oh my gosh. And you really need to dig and, and know who you are because that's, and this is, is very much connected with what you were saying in terms of, of spirituality. So m my perception nowadays is um, narcissism is not just kind of a abuse it's uh, or um, you know trauma or it's 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 really a, an attack to the core yeah yes it is absolutely and those of you that take the journey to root it out and examine it and look at yourself and do the oh god and you'll never do harder work <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but, look, but yeah. at the same time it's it's um if you begin to go in that direction um it's it's almost like um a religious path uh, yeah oh absolutely <laughs> not even almost like it is it is a it's a, whatever you believe in or a spiritual path. If you don't like the word religion, it absolutely is. And you know what you're, you're saying, Jamie, to me, it's like, I'm realizing that I really have to dedicate myself mm -hmm. to meditation, to healing, to having a life that's my own. And mm -hmm. that takes hard work and an everyday tasks and, skill building um, in order to create the kind of life that I want for myself and to allow myself to even dream. Yeah. Because when you constantly have the rug pulled out from you, you don't need, you stop dreaming after a while because you're, you just can't even fathom oh, that yeah. anything's going to come true or that you can create that for yourself yeah. because you've been so told that you're not yeah. capable. So it takes so much dedication to um to do that that i don't even like to be distracted by things that typical societies um, society gets distracted by um i'm i just like that all a lot of that stuff seems like nonsense not that other people do it just for me to do because it would be really distracting from this path of you want to have the life that you want to have and figure out what that life is you better focus yeah. You, you know, uh, when I, uh, I said you know, almost like a, a religious path, it's, it's, 
what I was thinking is more in line with uh, the hero's journey of uh, mm. Campbell. Because say that again, uh, say that again. what journey? The, the, the hero's journey of uh, Joseph Campbell. Yes, yes. Because uh, there's one point that, okay, uh, the person begins to realize that, you know, my childhood was not just beautiful stuff, you know, mm -hmm. I, I went through a lot and I suffer. So it's, it's like the, the beginning of the journey. And, and the path leads you to uh, find uh, like minded people. But then you have some tests, you you go in the in the normal kind of a story to you go into the underworld. Here is more or less you go into depression because you, you finally realize that, wow, my childhood is completely different from, you know, what was sold to me. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. So all the monsters that frighten you, uh, they will come back. You know, you have to to kill the dragon to get the gold and come back again. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. And and isn't it interesting how that's how the journey is of being a human being. So it's not like we're saying, oh, you only do this if you've had a narcissistic parent. It's not that mm. at all. Everybody that want that is interested in evolving and being the fullest expression of themselves that they can be at any given moment goes through this journey. It's just that it's a little bit extra difficult when the dragon that you're facing is one of your parents. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you know that for me, the crucial point, it's the gaslighting. Yes. Because, um, you know, in general, you know, uh, a parent wants to uh, give some foundations to a daughter or a, a son about what's reality, what's life. Uh, but if you had the not good chance of having someone that creates a kind of a world that uh, revolves around them, and it's always their perspective, so it's like you are robbed from your inner being, your inner core. Yes. And and that I think that's for me the the you know the used challenge for people that went through this path. It's not just the you know the emotional healing and the you know cognitive reconstruction of what happened and be, get skills to live a normal life, right. but it's that relation between the person and their inner core, you know, what they, they are, that now uh, comes to, to focus, to, you know, to, to be of great importance, you know, to, you know, it's, it's not just healing the client, it's reconnect the client right and to me it's it's a lot about the the people that i have interviewed that have disassociative identity or dissociative identity disorder yeah. or that yeah. that also yeah. came from a cult narcissism is a cult and 
I so relate to the people that talk about those experiences of being in a cult, um, of, of dissociating, even though I didn't, mm-hmm. I dissociated for sure, but I wasn't, I didn't dissociate to the point where I didn't realize what was going on with yeah. other parts of myself for whatever reason I stayed awake through, you know, I stayed awake through horrific surgery. The anesthesia wasn't working, whatever. That was my, <laughs> that was how wow. I dealt with things. But, but it, that experience of being brainwashed, of having Stockholm syndrome, of all of those things that you experience when you are, you know, in a cult or around a cult leader is exactly what it's like to be with someone who's a narcissist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We didn't, we did not even get to our questions. So listeners, we did get questions from you. We didn't get to them today. (laughs) but we're going to bring them up on, we're going to do another show obviously to follow up on this and, um, and we will answer those then, but we're laying the foundation for today. So please tune into the next one. You you know, you will anyway, Um, when Jamie's going to come back and we will, we will focus on answering the questions that you sent and about, you know, an inverted narcissist, a covert narcissist, um, codependency and narcissism. We have some great questions and we'll, We'll get to those next time. Jamie and I actually needed to catch up since it's been a year. Time flies. <laughs> yes, absolutely. When you're having fun and you're in deep work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Jamie, thank you. Tell our listeners where they can find out more about you. Uh, you can go to my website, uh, jamiegrace.org. Yeah, it's mainly... I'm, uh, I'm phasing out uh, some uh, social media stuff. That I'm not, you know, uh, social media that are um, censoring people and, you know, right. banning people. You know, I'm, uh, I don't play that game, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, and that's good. And you, you when is your book coming out? Uh, I'll tell you in the next one. Okay. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's the name of it today, anyway? No, it, it's, a, it's a surprise. Okay, it's a surprise. Okay, cool. Good. I like surprises. Okay, awesome. And Jamie's going to do more with us on the network, We're, but I'm not going to say what that is because we're figuring it out, but I'm really excited about it. So, so Jamie, thank you. Stay on. We're going to chat for a second, but um, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you. It was always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you to our listeners for another episode on Mental Health News Radio. good intentions i heat up and act on my emotions thanks so much for listening to mental health news radio our podcast can be found on itunes stitcher and hundreds of other podcast apps or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com if you have a question or would like to be a guest become a podcaster on our network or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial.